Are you longing for real life change and lasting impact? And more to be, we believe that is possible through a fresh encounter with God and His Word. I'm Lisa Pulliam, the founder of More to Be, host of the More to Be podcast, and I'm here to help you think biblically and live transformed, to be more like Jesus as you seek to join God in His work every day. On today's podcast, we have my dear friend and former co-host of the podcast, Angela Sackett, back with us. So Angela, say hello to everyone. Yay! So, so, so glad to be here. So glad to have you back. You know I love our conversations, love our time together. It's so fun to be on the other side of the screen and the podcast recording and all those good things and just catch up heart to heart. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. We, we've been doing that. They, we didn't, we're not going to share what we just chatted about for the last 15 minutes, but we've been catching up because it's been a while. Summer has yes. passed. It's so crazy. At the, at the time this airs, it will be uh, probably October, late September, October, but we are coming. Um, we're at the end of our summer. So mm-hmm. what has life been like since we recorded our closing episode? Oh, it's so interesting. So I, we, we have two, well, we have five children and we have two young adult sons. One has been in boot camp and is graduating soon. One is entering his senior year of college. Um, my, my daughter is um, working full time. She's just graduated and she's Lord willing, preparing to go to the Philippines to study to be a midwife and serve in missions. And then we have a 15 and 10 year old tagging along and it's been crazy. We have, my husband is in full-time um, hospitality ministry. He is um, operations director for a conference and retreat center. And summer is our crazy season. So we look forward to this time of fall when things quiet down a little bit. But as if that wasn't enough, we decided to add a newborn slash toddler puppy to the mix. <laughs> oh my word. I saw a little, little olive. <laughs> yes. Baby girl surprised our kids. We had tea. Tears all around, excuse me, make me choked up, not really, but um, she's been fun. So our lives are kind of, you know, turned upside down. She's running us for a little while while we yeah. train her and settle in. <laughs> how, how old is she? She's six weeks. Oh, you're like not kidding, puppy. No, puppy. I am not kidding. We do not let her out of our sight for a millisecond. But oh my word, she's a little labradoodle and she's oh. ginger and has the sweetest teddy bear face. And she has every one of us wrapped around her paws. <laughs> Oh my word. So was this like a surprise because the kids have been asking forever and you were like, let's do it now. I mean, how'd that happen? Oh, well, let me tell you, I know I'm going to sound over spiritualizing here, but it's, it really isn't. We have, I have been pinning pictures and texting my family pictures of doodles for three years and our kids have been begging for a dog ever since they were teeny all of them i think the older two will probably hate us for getting her when they left but um oh no right we met a family who breeds them and um were able to work out an incredible um barter with them and our um it's it literally is a god thing she just came into our lives and was a blessing and we felt like we've got kids moving on and flying the nest and she'll be here when the little ones are still around and they're big enough though that they can help ter- take care of her. So, okay. Yeah. That <laughs> Crazy, is so, right? fun. so how small is she? Like what's her size? She's lit. So I would say about the size of a basketball when she's curled <gasps> up. Oh yeah. So she'll be big. I know you have a golden too. Oh so yes. She'll be a little bit bigger once she grows, but right now she's just a teeny little teddy bear. Oh, Our Ollie doodle, we call her. <laughs> oh, how cute. Yeah. You know, my, my Toby's this, we will have to put pictures of the dogs yes. on, on this, uh, the show notes. Yeah, Toby. <laughs> Toby, did you know that Toby's been sick and he was yes, diagnosed? Yes. Yes. Fine. So, the treatment for the seizures, they didn't know what the cause of the seizures were, and it would have been like hundreds of dollars to figure it out, which we don't have. And so they said the best thing we can do is start start him on anti seizure medication and see how he responds. And if he responds, then we know it's not a brain tumor. We know it's seizures. So thankfully, we haven't had an episode since we started him on the medication back in, um, I guess it was the end of May, early June. So, but we have to all remember to give this dog half a pill in the morning, half a pill at night. (laughs) And there are days that it's lucky the dog gets to eat and gets clean bowl of water. We've been laughing. My daughter says it, it it literally takes 24 hours to become a dog person where your whole life revolves around that. So I bet you guys are juggling. 
Oh, yeah, 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 no. Well, and our, God's been very gracious to us. Our animals have always been super low maintenance. It's like they literally are on the bottom end of the totem pole until they get sick. And then we're like, oh, no, dog, we love you. So Toby, you know Toby, he's with me all the time underfoot. And he is a good, good dog. And he takes, this is God's kindness. He takes the pill like it's a treat. You just call him and he, he comes and he sits. You know how he does his little like wiggle. And you're like, here you go. And you put it on the end of his tongue and he swallows it. That's it. And no, then. nothing else. I'm like, oh, thank you, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of the Lord, we're supposed to be talking about spiritual things here. Yes. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> Thinking biblically and living transformed. So today's episode, we're talking about surrendering to God's plans, mm-hmm. which we probably could talk the entire season on this, <laughs> but I'm so grateful you came up with some specific scripture passages for us to look at, and I've already been in them and have been blessed, blessed, blessed by thinking about how you're going to tie this all together. So kind of set it up for us. What does surrendering to God's plans mean for you, and how did you arrive at these scripture passages? It's so interesting. I, I flash all the way back to... You and I were talking actually before we started recording today about being a control freak and bringing in a type A personality. And I am the kind of girl that I I want to control what's around me. I want to order things the way I think they should go, and I want everyone else to line up in that. And um, I it's this is coming out of the season that I'm in where really I have so little control over my time, over my um, resources, and coming to sort of accept that and accept um, specifically I am parenting young adults I mentioned and you and I know this because we have young adults um, you know for those listening who don't have kids you know what it's like that to be accept the fact that you don't have control over all of your life mm-hmm, but in particular mm-hmm. with young adults you know letting them fly letting my hands go watching them make decisions that I don't always agree with some we rejoice and we thank the Lord and others I, I find myself really questioning where have I failed? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's a good um, topic to broach. I really yeah. do think this is really important for us. Yeah, yeah. So keep going. So yeah, so it's it's and and a year ago I chose the word yielded for my year. That was the word that I wanted to kind of press into. This year, um I'm the word steadfast has been heavy on my mm-hmm. heart, largely uh because of the example of my daughter, who's 18 going on about, I don't know, 60, 70. Um, And that that personifies who she is. My mom is the same way. They're both women who are steadfast. And um, I just, as I watched several circumstances really out of my control this year and and battling with that, you know, my go-to is anger. I wanna, I get angry and I wanna grip harder and make things, you know, turn them this way. And a kind of a combination of, you know, I know that my calling in the season with my older boys is to let go. That trickles down into looking at all of the things around me to say, yes, God wants me to, as you say, steward well the resources that he's given. But at the same time, he's not calling me to control them, to yeah. force them. Um, and so what does that look like? What does that look like to really just let go and surrender to what he wants? Because ultimately, I can't control the Lord and I can't control the world around me anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So am I going to be broken by it? Am I going to be angry? Am I going to be fighting for my, you know, domain, whatever it is, or am I going to say, okay, Lord, I'm going to, I'm going to yield to that. I'm going to surrender to what, what direction you have me going and do that with grace and honor. And mm-hmm. who it's all about really coming back to him, knowing him, trusting him yeah, um, yeah. to be worthy of that surrender so hard i mean i yesterday we were able to bring a meal to friends um this young woman used to work for steven in his department and we've all become friends with her and her husband they just had a baby and their little baby girl is three weeks old and so i you know we brought them a meal we ended up staying for i think it was at least an hour talking parenting and the baby and you know I'm holding this little bundle and Steven's holding her and everything just looks perfect and she's telling us like how she was afraid that the baby wasn't healthy and they had a little like health scare with Billy Rubin in the beginning and then the crying and how do you know if the crying is like a problem crying or not a problem crying and I'm thinking ah well you know 20 years later 
that the baby is fine. She's perfect. Like crying is normal. But, <laughs> but when you're entering into yeah. something brand new, especially as a parent, you're like, I don't know normal. Like I don't, where's the normal line? Where's the healthy line? Where's the safe line? And it's this constant dance back and forth. And, and she said it graciously. She goes, small baby, small problems, <laughs> big, big child, big problems. And I'm thinking, yeah, but I mean, you guys, you got big problems with small children and small problems with big children. But it's that how are we going to manage when everything is out of our control? And and this episode, you and I are probably going to talk a lot about parenting because of the the biggest thing we have to release right now is our adult children. Mm-hmm. Right? We've already released the dreams for our house. We've already kind of released the dreams maybe for our careers and we've released the dreams for maybe what our marriages would look like and and come to a place of contentment and gratefulness and being able to just steward it well and and not grab for more. But when you're raising children, it's I don't know if the release ever stops. And so uh, and we have dreams for them, right? Yeah. You have dreams yep. for what what your children's lives will look like as adults i have dreams for what mine will look like as adults and what do we do with all that mm-hmm. am i yeah. tracking with you what where oh, girl thinking? you are <laughs> yeah yeah it's so i would say if you're if you're listening and you're married and you have children this is relevant if you're listening and you're not married and don't have children this will give you um, kind of a, an insight into what your friends are struggling with and maybe ways that you can come around them and just be a listening ear, have a little bit more maybe compassion or encouragement or challenge for them. Uh, and if you're anywhere in between, I just think it. the more we understand what each other's uh, struggles are and what we're going through, the more we can be the body of Christ together yeah. and, and support one another to be more and more like Christ. So Yes. Well, and, and you and I will use those examples because those are current for us, but you know, for, for anyone listening, what, as you're listening, what are those circumstances in your life that the Lord is clearly controlling outside of your, your abilities? And, um, what is he using to show you his sovereignty, his trustworthiness, um, his wisdom by the very fact that you aren't in control and, you know, how can we surrender our hearts our dreams our circumstances our desires to trust him to be bigger yeah good so first passage you have for yes us jeremiah 29 yeah i'm actually believe it or not i'm gonna go to joe first if you don't okay, mind and you know what i'll joe do first. for our listeners i'll go ahead and share with you we're going to be speaking from digging into job 11 7 to 19 jeremiah 29 4 through 14 and Psalm 37, 1 through 11. We're not going to read those all, all of the passages, but we're going to kind of touch on each of those. So in case you want to write those down, Job 11, 7 and 19, Jeremiah 29, 4 to 14, and Psalm 37, 1 to 11. So let's, if you don't mind, let's go to Job 11. Yep. Then I'm going to start. Or you want to start? You want to read? Sure. I'll read this one. You can read the next one. Sounds good. All right. Job 11, number 7. Okay. And I'm reading from the New Living Translation, which you all know I love. Uh, Can you solve the mysteries of God? Can you discover everything about the Almighty? Such knowledge is higher than the heavens. And who are you? It is deeper than the underworld. What do you know? It is broader than the earth and wider than the sea. If God comes and puts a person in prison or calls the court to order, who can stop him? For he knows those who are false, and he takes note of all their sins. An empty-headed person won't become wise any more than a wild donkey can bear a human child. If only you would prepare your heart and lift up your hands to him in prayer, get rid of your sins, and leave all iniquity behind you. Then your face will brighten with innocence, and you will be strong and free of fear. Mm. Free of fear. Yeah, yeah. Do you want me to keep going? Oh, we're going to go to 19. Yeah, go for it. You will forget your misery. It will be like water flowing away. Your life will be brighter than the noonday. Even darkness will be as bright as morning. Having hope will give you courage. You will be protected and rest in safety. You will lie down unafraid and many will look to you for help. 
<laughs> well, I have, the, I have the advantage of having read all the passages uh, earlier this morning. I can't believe how much overlap there is oh, between the scriptures. So I love that about the word. <laughs> I know. We'll point that out as we get there. But tell me, how does this passage to you relate to surrendering your plans and your, your dreams to the Lord? Yeah, so I think, first of all, it really it sets up this idea that God is worthy to be in charge. He is all-knowing. He is all-powerful. He, as Scripture says elsewhere, has the heart of the king um, in his hand. And so when we start to maybe take our first steps, maybe we're in the middle of a huge wrestling match with our life situations, start to surrender ourselves, start to say, okay, God, I'm going to trust you no matter what. We're beginning with this idea that he is worthy of that trust. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love this idea. I know for, for me as a mama and probably any of us, whether it's work situations, whether it's relationships within the body or neighbors or whatever that might be, a lot of times what causes us to struggle is fear. Right. I'm afraid yes. bad things are going to happen to my kids. I'm afraid I'm going to fail at work or I'm not going to get that job or something's going to go wrong with my house or my car, whatever it is. Um, and we know God speaks to women about this issue of fear throughout the word. But this idea of um, you will lift up your face without shame. You will stand firm and without fear. And then later in um, verse 18, you will be secure because there is hope. You will look about you and take your rest in safety. You will lie down with no one to make you afraid. And I just get this mental picture. I, we were talking about the dogs, but I'm going to go back to them because it's hilarious right now. I, I said we've reverted back to toddlerhood in our house, but I watched this little pup who so desperately longs for our um, love and our affirmation, and she follows us. We trip over her every, every minute of the day because she wants to be right next to us. Um, and then when she's done running around and being crazy, she just melts into this one spot on the floor in our living room that she has claimed as her own. And she sleeps, and the dishwasher goes off, and my kids are running, and I'm doing all my things. And there's such a just a peace. She's trusting in her owners, her people. Um, she has gotten our affirmation. And I think, I don't know, I'm comparing myself to a puppy here, but okay. I want to have that settledness, that mm-hmm. just ability in the middle of all the chaos, in the middle of me not being the boss of the universe, <laughs> to lie down and sleep without yeah. fear. Yeah, yeah. I think that's, I mean, God, God made creation and it, it sings of his glory. It reveals his character. Yeah. And so... I never ever think it's accidental when we see <laughs> God's God lessons in animals. Actually, there's a was a post on the blog written by one of my writers on what lessons she learned from her greyhound dog. Oh, you know? I love it. Yeah, love yeah, it. and I've written about Toby because we really do see the loyalty piece mm-hmm. and the trust. Mm-hmm. This this incredible trust, like. Uh, even with Toby getting his medicine, that he would trust that what I have for him is for his good. And and do we exhibit that with God or do <laughs> are we the difficult, like, no, 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 I don't want that, <laughs> turning the head and wrenching Arr. away and growling yes. at him. Yes. Or are we yes. receiving what he has for us? Yeah. Let's flip over to Jeremiah. And okay. I want to kind of c- c- continue this theme through of that trust. So Jeremiah 29 uh, if you've been a believer for very long, you've probably, you know, Jeremiah 29, 11 by heart. I know the plans I have for you, a future and a hope. I, I jokingly say it's probably the most Pinterested verse in the Bible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but it's very interesting because we we know this verse and we talk about, oh, we can trust God because he has great plans for us. But it's very interesting when you step back, as I know that you always love to do too. Let's look at this in context of what's yeah, actually happening yeah. here. It's a fluffy, you know fairy tale promise yeah. here coming yeah. from nowhere. So let's read Jeremiah 29. I'm going to start at verse four. Good. Um, and I want to kind of preface this by saying the Israelites here are in exile. They yes. are in enemy territory. And guess what? They've been put there by God. He has allowed them to be in this position. Life is not pretty. It's not easy. Um, they're in essence in slavery. And I'm going to start at verse four. This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to all those I carried I carried into exile from Jerusalem mm-hmm. to Babylon. Build houses and settle down. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. 
marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there. Do not decrease. Also seek peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. Pray for the enemy city is what that's saying. Mm. Yes, this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel says. Do not let the prophets and diviners among you deceive you. Do not listen to the dreams that you encourage them to have. They are prophesying lies to you in my name. I have not sent them to cleanse the Lord. This is what the Lord says. When 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my gracious promise to bring you back to this place. And then what we all are familiar with, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope in a future. Then you will call upon me and come to pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. I have chills. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. couple of things uh, that jump oh go ahead you go no i know i know i mean this is such a passage like i i've struggled with the way people quote jeremiah 29 11 over the years because i've heard different theological points on it like you cannot claim this as a promise for yourself because it was a promise for the israelites in exile and yet i've kind of like it's almost like a pendulum pendulum has swung where i went from no you can't claim this for yourself to but this is about the character of God. Yeah. Um, this is about he promises to provide for his people. And and that promise is in the, it's not a promise that your life will be without challenge or struggle because you said it in the beginning. These are people in 70 years of exile. Like this is not like a, <laughs> if we want the fullness of the promise, we have to also understand the context of the promise, yeah. which is struggle. Well, and this is something that I think is so interesting. So the promise here, and we think when we just hear that passage out of context, we think a future and a hope. Okay, I'll, you know, my home will be beautiful, maybe beautiful. I'll, I'll at least have a safe home and food to eat and my marriage will mm -hmm. be good and my kids will be happy. That's not actually the promise that he gives us here. What I find interesting is that he's telling them in the middle of your exile, Yes. The things that we would normally think of as the reward, go do them. Pro, uh, um, sorry, prosper in the city that you're in. Marry, have children, make a home, pray for the city to be prayed. You know, put this in a context of us. Yeah. If we want to apply it to us, pray for America to be profitable, prosperous, because you'll prosper in that. But that's in the middle of the exile. Yes. And he says, in 70 years, okay, now, how many of those people were 70? They wouldn't be alive at the end right, of that right, right. How many of those people were 10 and couldn't for the life of them comprehend what 70 years even meant? No. You and I, if God said to us, you know, I've got something waiting for you in 70 years. We go, <laughs> yeah, exactly. What? No, 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 no. I want, I want now to see my child be out of this crisis state or my yeah. business be profitable, whatever. But those aren't the promises. What's wild to me is, the promise that he's making here, the reward he's giving is, then you will call upon me and pray to me and I will listen. Yes. You will seek me and find me. So our reward that we're mm -hmm. thinking of, our future and our hope that God promises us, that reward is that we'll be able to pray and he'll listen. That yeah. reward is that we'll seek him and find him. And yeah. I, I don't know, to me that takes everything and it puts it in a completely different place of, I don't get to claim this as a Pinterest worthy X, Y, Z that I think of as blessings. My blessing is his very presence. Yes, yes, yes. And, and I'm going to add to this in the NLT, it says on verse 13, well, I'll go verse 12. In those days when you pray, I will listen, which is what you just said. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. I will be found by you, says the Lord. I will end your captivity and restore your fortunes. I will gather you out of the nations where I sent you, and I will bring you home again to your own land. So I, you don't know this, but I've been reading through the book of Jeremiah this summer. <laughs> That's providential. Isn't that providential? I was like, you're kidding me. So I'm only at, I think I'm at verse uh, chapter 12. And I was just saying to Stephen last night, I'm like, you know what? I, this Jeremiah book, I'm telling you, something else. God is patient. 
His people just would not obey him for the life. <laughs> I mean, that was the call. Obey me. And there, I forget which verse it is exactly, um, but it's to this effect. Uh, if you obey me, I will be your God and you will be my children and you will have, and it will go well for you. Yes. That's the promise. Like at the heart of it all, God is this father who wants his children to say, yes, dad. Yes, dad. Okay. You tell me to jump. Yes, dad. You tell me to sit down. Yes, dad. You tell me to go over there. Yes, dad. You tell me to give up my money. Yes, dad. You tell me to do this. Yes, dad. He just wants our yes. And, and we don't obey. And so that's why they ended up in exile in the first place. And he's so gracious and kind to say, but this doesn't have to be the end of the story. I think about years ago studying the book of Revelation and uh -huh. um, the plagues, not plagues, but yeah, um, all of the different things that the Lord allows to yes. happen in the end. Yes. And I remember um, the woman who taught the study saying, what we see here is God's mercy. Every time he allows one of these horrible things to sweep through, it's because he's looking for obedience. He's giving one more chance for more to come to know him. And mm -hmm. you're exactly right. That's what we see here, too. And it's been very interesting because I, I won't be very specific, but there are a couple of situations, family, relationship wise, that um, I have walked through that I'm not I'm just I'm going to be honest. There have been multiple occasions where I have sobbed and said, I failed. Uh, you know, or what did I do, God, so wrong to, you know, um, why why do I continue writing? I have no right to write because everything around me, you know, in the middle of it, it seems yeah. like everything's going wrong. And um, I realize, yes, those circumstances are circumstances where God's working in the lives of other people that I can't even begin to imagine what he's doing in their hearts and their minds, right. what you right. said, giving them that opportunity to yield to him. Um, but for me... My journey is about that surrendering to say, I got to trust you. I got to yeah. trust you that you're, you're drawing my heart closer to you. And that is what it does. You know, when you walk through something hard, when you're not sure you're going to be able to make this payment next month, or you have this broken friendship. And, and I would venture to say probably every woman here over the age of 10 mm -hmm. <laughs> or maybe five knows what that feels like. Oh. Um, and you're in the middle of it. You just, there's such a hopelessness and such a, um, despondency I think that can settle in when we take our eyes off of his bigger purposes yeah. um, but to say this this will draw me closer to you if I let it if I come yeah. running to you yeah and I think I think that's a good example of even friendship I mean we've all I have I'll raise my hand here I have uh, two friendships maybe three at this point that I could think of that just kind of ended and mm -hmm. and I have I walk around with guilt like what did I do? Did I do something? Did I do something wrong? Like, what's wrong with me? And, and that's the same mindset that we have when we face like a rejection in work or business. It's the same mindset we have when our children screw up. Like, our default is what is wrong with me and what did I do? And the Lord has been reminding me graciously, like, take that in humility to the cross and say, Lord, if there is something I have done, lay it on me. If there is a response you want me to take, lay it on me. Or if I'm just supposed to lay this at the cross and this is what you're carrying for me, let me lay it there and not carry it any longer. Mm -hmm. And so we have to like, I said this to somebody recently, you probably have heard me say this before, truth without grace is condemnation and grace without truth is compromise. So we have to live in that really fine balance of both when it comes to our parenting and our work and our relationships. And so, you know, the, the invitation that the Lord lays before us is to be transformed, to own our sin and say, I'm sorry, Lord, will you forgive me? I want to walk this out according to your will and way, not according to my flesh yeah. and, and my righteousness and my pride and my anger or my bitterness, whatever it may be, and to give that to the Lord. And yet on the other hand, I'm not sure that we get to that place or the next place, which is to acknowledge that the other person in the relationship, child, friend, spouse, uh, has their own junk and their own yes. sin. Yep. And I never once in scripture see God saying, I'm the worst God in the whole world. Look at what my people have done. <laughs> 
Yeah. No, he's never, yeah. he never, he is God and he, he made us and we, I want to use French words. We, stink. <laughs> <laughs> we just stink at obedience and yet it doesn't reflect on the character of God. It reflects on the character of the choice of his creation. So why can't we as mamas live in that place of mm-hmm. I'm, I'm human, I've sinned, uh, I've caused issues. And I'll get very transparent here for a second because I was this couple that we were with last night and they didn't know my backstory. So I gave them my, my story again and I said I grew up in an abusive home. And I have anger issues, part personality, part learned behavior. And the first eight years of my children's lives, like Leah's now 19, so up until she was eight, Abby was six, and the twins were uh, two at the time. No, four. How many years are there between Abby? Six, six and two. Two, I was right. Um, that I, they dealt with an angry mom who I didn't raise my hand at them. I didn't call them names. I wasn't abusive. uh, And I can confidently say that, but I was hot headed. And if something broke, I yelled. And if I couldn't be in control, I carried on. And my kids learned how to live in fear of, is mom going to lose it? And Praise God that I got into counseling 10 years ago and I dealt with the, the bitterness in my heart and the shame and the guilt and the, the anger. And God has deactivated that time bomb in me that that's not my normal anymore. Does it happen a dozen times a year as opposed mm-hmm. to a dozen times a week? And, and yet, Luke and Caitlin have had a different experience because of the way I dealt my issues when they were young compared to the mm-hmm. girls. And the girls have had to both go to counseling to deal with the side effects of my sin. And mm-hmm. in that, in the throes of that, it I've struggled with feeling like, what is wrong with me? My kids are in counseling, like, because I had anger issues 10 years ago and and I couldn't make up for the damage. I can't make up for the damage, but God can heal and Mm -hmm. he has healed them and he's continuing to heal them. And we're very transparent and authentic as we talk about my issues and how it's impacted their issues. Mm -hmm. And I've said, I'm sorry, will you forgive me? And they have said, yes, I forgive you, but I'm still walking this out, mom. And I'm like, I understand that you're still walking this out. And, and and then we're walking it out together. Mm -hmm. I think. I, I, you know, I share that because I don't want anybody to think that I've got it all figured out. <laughs> and I also want it to be a motivator for moms who are struggling yes. to own their stuff thinking, well, it's too late or no, it's never too late. Mm-hmm. God's grace is right there. And the earlier, <laughs> that's what I said to our friends last night. I'm like, whatever baggage you have in your trunk, deal with it now. <laughs> Get it done with. By time she's one, she'll never know the difference. Yeah, that's right. Well, and yeah. you know, I mean, taking it back to this in Jeremiah, this 70 years, the Lord allows these people to walk through, work yeah. through their sin, their issues. And then what's the ultimate point of it? It's it's to get to that place of surrender before him. Yeah. And I'm being convicted even as you're speaking about, you know, are there areas, Lord, where you want me to even deeper than I've acknowledged, even yeah. deeper than I've consciously thought, surrender to you. Come back to the ultimate point is knowing you and reflecting you in, yeah. in the world around me, whether that's marriage, kids, friendships, neighbors, mm-hmm. church, whatever yeah. that looks like. Um, that's the ultimate point, right? Yeah, yeah. And I think... I'm just thinking of my my little Katie right now. So she hasn't had to deal with my anger issues, but we have very similar personalities. Mm-hmm. And and the sin streaks in our personalities are very similar. Uh, and so I, I think a good red flag of like, do you have an issue? Is when you see an issue manifest in your child that irritates the daylights out of you. <laughs> Chances are you're looking in a mirror. <laughs> Siblings call that out in our family. Does that happen in yours? The siblings go, well, that's because you're so much alike. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, 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 yeah. We have that. And, and and there is similarities between, you know, our kids in different ways. But 
God's really convicting me of that right now. Like, oh yeah, that thing you want to rebuke her on? Mm, girl, it may not be the big, like you were abused and struggle with anger. It may just be your personality that has a propensity to pride or jealousy or discontentment or whatever it is. I mean, we know through scriptures that that's our experience in the flesh and are we going to deal with it? Mm. Okay. So, All right. So Psalms. <laughs> yes. Yeah, Psalms. I love it. Psalm 37. One of my favorite Psalms. Oh. <laughs> wait till, wait till we get to verse eight. <laughs> oh, here we go. You yeah. in this time? Sure, I'll read this time. So we're going to do verse uh, 1 through 11. Don't worry about the wicked or envy those who do wrong. For like grass, they soon fade away. Like spring flowers, they soon wither. Trust in the Lord and do good. Then you will live safely in the land and prosper. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you your heart's desires. Commit everything you do to the Lord. Trust him and he will help you. He will make your innocence radiate like the dawn and the justice of your cause will shine like the noonday sun. So did you see that noonday was there and also in the Job passage and the radiate <laughs> and it was shine bright. I was like, Woo, there we go. Word preaching word. Be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for him to act. Wait patiently for him to act. Oh, goodness. Don't worry about evil people who prosper or fret about their wicked schemes. Stop being angry. Uh-huh. Turn from your rage. Do not lose your temper. It only leads to harm. Yeah, amen. For the wicked will be destroyed, but those who trust in the Lord will possess the land. Soon the wicked will disappear. Though you look for them, they will be gone. The lowly will possess the land and will live in peace and prosperity. Uh-huh. Wow. Huge. And yeah, I love, isn't that amazing how scripture just weeds in and out? And it's funny because I, I mean, we may have said this before. If you're like me, I get surprised every time yeah. when this happens, where three or four different conversations, sermon from our pastor, a podcast I listen to, mm-hmm. something I read in a book, they all weave in. And this is the Lord saying, look, this is how I work. I want you to hear these truths and drive them yeah. home. Yeah. Um, And I want to kind of maybe practically apply using this passage, some of the things that I think we can intentionally do to surrender to the Lord. Go for Um, it. The first one is trust in him. And I think this is, it's a command here. It's Mm -hmm. an active decision we have to make to say, I will trust. And it's based on his character, not ours, Um, which I think is really huge. So it's active and yet it's responsive to him first. Um, The second thing is do good. And I, um, I mentioned this before, I can tend to like, oh, forget it. I'm going to hole up in my little world. No, do good. Be active here. What does good look like for you right now in this season for you? That might be show up at your job on time every day, work hard, please your boss, be diligent. It mm-hmm. might be get up in the middle of the night and nurse that baby. It yeah. might be whatever that do good is. Go out to the yard. I have a friend who's passionate about hospitality like I am. She says, get a dog and walk it. <laughs> That's great. Go out to the street, smile at your neighbor and start a conversation. Whatever do good is in this season of your life, take those steps and do it. Mm-hmm. Um, we can be proactive. Dwell in the land. And we saw this. Um, in our passage in Job and in Jeremiah, right where you are, whether that's in exile, whether that's in a place of want, whether that's in a place of prosperity, dwell fully in the land that you're in. And I write a lot about hospitality. You know that, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, blessing your home, using your home, use whatever resources the Lord has given you in this season and dwell, prosper, yeah. care for, as you say, steward what he's given you. Um, right. The next thing I see is cultivate faithfulness. And I see this as being you and the Lord get, get mm-hmm. on your face before him. Does that mean you need to pray more? You need to just get quiet and say, Lord, speak to me. Um, I think it was the the passage in uh, Job, put your hands up, yes. put your hands up before yes. him. I love um, that. I used to be growing up. I was in a Christian ballet troupe. And uh, when I was in college, I, I, my, I don't know if I've shared this before or not, but I had keys to the theater because I worked for the professors in the oh. theater department and I would take my little boom box. Now you know how old I am. Yeah, yeah, love <laughs> and, and go into the theater at 11 o'clock at night after I'd finished hanging with my dorm friends and studying, and I would dance to worship music. And I would end up sometimes in a puddle on the floor just weeping before him. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And still to this day, as a 45-year-old woman, sometimes I will just get alone in my office and just dance. So whatever that is, cultivate that relationship with him. Cultivate faithfulness. Um, and then the last thing, I just love delight in him. Mm-hmm. So, and, I, and maybe this kind of takes even more of a turn towards that idea of dancing. Cultivate for you might be, I need to spend more time reading scripture diving in like we've done here today and see how God weaves his truth through the word. Um, but dancing or delighting in him, giggle, you know, listen to a Christian comedian. If that's what it takes, go hang out with a girlfriend and have coffee. Um, but delighting in him. And I feel yeah. like those steps are practical steps that we can take to really <sighs> surrender. Yeah. I really, what I'm hearing you say, and I see it through the word is living in the skin we're in, in the place that he has given us with a heart bent to his ways and a body committed to his commands, Mm -hmm. right? So it's the, and that goes back to the the word that was in the New Living Translation, Jeremiah, that wholehearted of like, it's it's the whole, it's the whole, the fullness of it all. And so- yeah, what are you thinking? As we're recording, I'm looking for a pencil so I can write that down. A heart bent to his commands and a body bent to his... No, yes. a heart... What did you say? I don't remember. <laughs> we'll have to listen to the recording. <laughs> have to take notes on that. That was good. Keep that, going. That, well, and that is just the Lord... You know, my word for the year has been contentment. Um, I actually have it around my neck again today. And... I have I have really discovered that contentment comes through saying yes to where God has us, mm-hmm. and, and and that is a it's a full thing. It's it's physical, it's emotional, it's spiritual, it's relational, it's financial. It's the yes to this Lord, and how do I honor you and glorify you in this moment and. I'm a dreamer, so that's really hard. Um, I went through a season, I'd say all of last year, um, where I had gotten my brain around a dream to live on a farm and have horses. And it's been a dream I've had since I was a child. Um, We live in a place where it's on every road that we drive on. Uh, So it's we live in a place where it could conceivably happen. Uh, but through the health challenges that I had in last winter, um, and some financial strain, the Lord was like, I don't know. I look back and I feel like he was kind of saying, those were your dreams mm-hmm. and yeah, you have permission to have them, but they they weren't, they're not my dreams for you. It, it there was, there was, um, a disconnect between the dream and my body, the dream and our priority, the dream and our resources there was there was never a congruency and I I was believing the kind of philosophy of you know but if it's your dream then God will honor that because he put that in your heart um and I'm telling you like releasing that dream Mm -hmm. has brought so much joy just joy of uh you know pulling into my driveway and saying god thank you for this house and that was how i got out of the dream honestly was um just moving into that thankfulness 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 and and kaylee and i have recorded a couple of podcasts i'm not sure how the timing of how they'll release it according to what we're chatting about now but, <laughs> but there's been some episodes that you'll hear me talk about where i released things and that's mm-hmm. part of that surrender to the life in exile for lack yeah. of a better description <laughs> not that we're it's so interesting that you say that because I, I would say that's a hundred percent the journey for me too. And, and you and I have talked about this kind of quietly that the Lord's placed in my, my heart a desire to publish a book full length. Yeah. And I, I think I announced a year and a half ago, I'm writing it. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember that, that. Is, it's, it is a dream delayed and there have been some really sweet steps forward. And I think God has something in the works, but um, kind of the same thing of, stepping back and having this realization that 
if I if I give you a platform, a place to put this out there, it's you got to live it out first. Really, it's yeah. ultimately about your relationship with me. And then if you speak that to other people, it's got to come from where you are. Yeah. And um, and interestingly, this whole I'll say it one more time. The whole puppy thing is hilarious to me because that was a dream. I mean, it was a silly Pinterested Instagram dream. And um, in the scope of life, really, it's a puppy. Who cares? Mm-mm. But when we got the call to say, we, we have her for you, and I, the circumstances behind how it happened are just, they're, they're crazy. And I, I'm not one to say, like, I heard the Lord speak, but it was, it was like this moment where I felt like, wow, the, there are little things that are little desires of my heart that you're going to say, I'm going to bless you with this. Yeah. And even in the middle of it, we're learning. I'm re- being reminded of that concept of yieldedness and giving up my, you know, so you see he's using something as like a little furry creature. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you're exactly right. And ultimately, again, I think it just keeps coming back to, I want you, Lord. I, that's, yeah. that's really the dream. And I know that's where you are too is, yeah. Okay, farm, maybe, horse, maybe, puppy, maybe, maybe my kids will be in happy marriages that look like I think they should look, or yeah. my marriage will be always sweet and delightful, and you know, or my job will be easy and provide lavishly. Whatever those I dreams know. are, they're really all, they just, they're a tease for yeah. the ultimate just want to be with you, Lord. I just want to be your girl. I want to be in love with you and know your love for me. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's good. And I think the last, I guess the last thought I have here before we move into our challenge questions, maybe it will inspire for me, the dream that I need to release at this point and surrender to God's plans is that I'm, I'm watching my kids fly the nest. So Mm -hmm. Leah's in technically her third year of college um, or yeah, so she'll have one more year because she's on a three-year plan instead of a four-year plan. And I'm very much aware of the fact of like next summer might be her last summer home mm. as a child, right? Where I don't think she'll she would be married in a year. She's not even in a relationship. Like I don't think that that will happen. But um, it, releasing that and her future relationships, and then you know, Abby is going off to college and then it's just going to be the twins and the twins we only have five more years with. And I, I'm, I'm clinging, starting, I feel grabby. Like if you mm-hmm. see my hand, they're kind of like grabbing a little bit. Like, <laughs> like, oh, the last like family vacation when it's just the six of us or like the last of this, like this feel of needing to savor because I know I have no say over where they end up for their careers. I, they have, I have no say over, um, what type of relationships they end up in and who they end up in relationship with. And I'm very cognizant of how we're on the brink of a very significant change. You're already kind of there. Mm-hmm. And you won't get first priority say anymore because there oh, could no. be a competing family unit that your sons will have that that there needs to be room made for. And so I, I'm like, okay, God, I think I maybe had some dreams about what it will look like to have adult children. Can you redefine those dreams yeah, yeah. before I get ahead of myself? Because yeah. when when I pursue my own plans, it ends up in a disaster. And actually, uh, I'll <laughs> go back to Jeremiah here. Um, that was a verse that I just read. Uh, verse uh, 23 in Jeremiah 10, I know, Lord, that our lives are not our own. We are not able to plan our own course. Uh. So, yeah, right? <laughs> so correct me, Lord, but please be gentle. Do not correct me in anger, for I would die. And uh. so just that whole, like, this was a, Jeremiah felt this for himself. And it, nothing, there's nothing new under the sun. And so for us to remember our lives are not our own, we are not able to plan our own course, he is. And so going back to kind of that um, Henry Blackaby, uh, what is God's work, will and his work that we may join him in it yeah. as opposed to asking him to join ours? <laughs> <laughs> yep. So, so do you have a, a challenge question, I application do. question? I do. Yeah. So I, and it's really simple. It, in what areas is the Lord calling you to surrender? 
Um, and then actually I'm going to add a second. I always do that to you, but, um, I love it. Taking that into consideration, how is he calling you to in this season of your life? Do good, trust in the Lord, dwell in the land, cultivate faithfulness and delight in him. And maybe just take some, take some time and sit down and journal the answers to those questions. You know, Mm -hmm. how, what, is he calling you to let go and say, yep, this is not going to look like I thought it was. <laughs> and yep. that's okay because you're God that's and you awesome. are loved. That's awesome. Love your questions. Do you want to pray for us today too? I'd love to. <laughs> okay, go for it. Lord, it's so real, this idea of not getting what we think we want and need, what we expect, um, not being able to control the world around us. And ultimately, that's a good thing. And I ask you to help us to accept that as women, Lord, to let go of the fear of what may happen and trust the one who is worthy of our trust, the God who is love, because you are love, Lord, and you are wise and you are sovereign and we can trust you. So I ask you to help us to do that, Lord. Help us to surrender completely, to throw up our hands before you and say, you are God and I am not, and that's okay. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Angela, for being with us. Love you, friend. you back. Love (laughs) you, too. And thank you, everyone, for listening to the More to Be podcast. We are praying you've experienced a fresh encounter with God and His Word during your time with us today. Be sure to visit moretobe.com podcast for show notes and downloadable resources. And be sure to share our podcast with your friends. So find our posts on Facebook, share them through your Facebook page, uh, send people over to our where you can listen, either at the moretobe.com website or on iTunes, we're on Stitcher, we're on Spotify, wherever you listen. Listen there and be sure to rate us and give us feedback so we know how we're doing. May you continue to think biblically and live transformed to be more like Jesus as you seek to join God in his work every day.